Welcome to Synergize This, where we talk all things training, health, and fitness. I'm your host, Sin. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode number five. We're going to talk about two main things today. Not so much training related, but more so health and mindset, with the first one being tracking calories. Is tracking calories a sustainable way of understanding your nutrition? Does that really help your behavior around food? And is it for the long term or is it just a band-aid for a bullet wound? And then mindset, we're talking about not assigning your self-worth to performance or how you look. All of us have some kind of body dysmorphia. It comes in different shapes and sizes, literally. And it affects us in different ways. But we're going to delve deeper into how we perceive ourselves based on our looks and what kind of labels we assign to ourselves based on what we do or who we think we are or should be. Why are these two things important? Well, tracking calories uh, can become very toxic. You build this really strange, obsessive, toxic relationship with food. So that's really important because that sets us on kind of a negative spiral eventually after a sustained period of time of tracking calories and why is our self-image and self-esteem important when we attach it to performance or how we look well ideal bodies are or body images are arbitrary it's our own subjective experience or belief of what we think is right and when we get there we probably kind of shift the goalposts and have different goals. So we need to fix the relationship that we have with ourselves in our brain before that can connect to our bodies. All right, so let's get started with our first topic being tracking calories and whether or not it is sustainable. And I really changed my perception on how people should manage their nutrition. When I first, when I remember the first time I was tracking calories, I saw that as the be-all and end-all and most optimal quotation marks way of seeing my calories in versus my calories out, optimizing my protein, making sure my uh, ratio of protein, carbs, and fats was always correct. But what I ended up realizing over the years was when I didn't track my relationship with food stayed the same. I didn't learn anything about uh, nourishing my body properly, what was good, what I could do, what I'm not meticulously calculating every single bit of food that goes into my mouth. And I think the way that I was looking at health at that time was more so from a aesthetic point of view of dropping body fat and trying to get really shredded and look uh, really lean. What I didn't think about was the way that would impact my overall physical and mental health and how I would feel about myself being that way. And there's always going to be pros and cons. What happens is when you're very lean or quotation marks shredded, it's like most bodybuilders when they're competing for a show, they diet for so long, more than half a year. And as they're getting closer and closer to the show, they're cutting more and more uh, carbs out of their diet. Uh, they begin to water load towards the end of the comp. And when they're on stage where they look absolutely amazing, they're at their weakest point. So there's a lot of people that pass out 
uh, in the back rooms as they're getting prepared. There's always um, uh, paramedics at hand just in case people faint because of the lack of sugar, the lack of food, uh, dehydration. So they might be from an outside point of view, they look absolutely amazing aesthetically, but on stage, they are at the weakest point of their year when they're, when they're at that, uh, when they step on stage, they're just literally about to fall and collapse uh, because the, the lack of nutrients and food that their body uh, has. So I realized over time that I didn't feel that good. I might've looked good, but performance wise, I didn't feel good. And I had this, uh, began to build this negative relationship with food where everything was assigned to a calorie, to a macronutrient, um, and even at times to a micronutrient. Um, I had points where I was doing the if it's your macros, where I was just trying to fit in macros regardless of the quality of the food. So I'll be eating McDonald's, pizzas, as long as it fit into my daily uh, caloric uh, intake, then I was happy to have it. But then I realized over time, a thousand calories of shit food is not the same as a thousand calories of good food. One makes you feel bad, one makes you feel good. You've got gut biomes, the way you feed your gut has connection to your brain and how you feel. And I think because of that, over time, it became much more intuitive with how food makes me feel. So I might have food that's really bad and I know it's bad. Let's say, for example, I've had a long day and I haven't really eaten all day and I'll get, let's say, a kebab or KFC. In the moment, that food's fine and it feels, it tastes really nice and it fills my tummy for a little bit. But then as soon as it starts to digest, I feel like fucking crap just because the food isn't nourishing. There's not much in it other than the amount of processing um, and lack of lack of good quality ingredients. So then the question is, is it sustainable? Is calorie counting sustainable? Based, based upon what I've, I've said and the, the clients I've worked with, no, it's not because you're not educating people on food choices. You're not educating them on their behavior and what happens when they feel hungry, why they feel like eating certain foods at certain times, stress eating. You don't educate them at all. You're just saying, download this app, hear your macros, hear your calories, hit that every day. If you've got 20 cows left over and you're hungry, well, fucking bad luck. Next week, I'm going to give you new macros and you keep doing this over and over again till you get to your goal weight. Once you stop counting calories, then you start gaining that weight back again. So we're not really working on behavior. We're just working on numbers. And numbers aren't necessarily a bad thing, but our behavior is heavily driven by our emotions, how we feel, what's going on around us. That is the main factor in how we eat, what we eat, when we eat, all of that. So fundamentally finding out what makes us tick is going to help us with our nutrition. So three basic things we can look at straight away is one, nutritional competency. Do you understand or have some kind of base knowledge about food, about proteins, carbs, and fats, about whole foods, what's good and bad? And look, I'm not saying foods are necessarily bad, but uh, the more processed stuff we want to have less of, uh, sometimes you can have more if you want to fill in the calories, depending on the person. If you're an athlete, then you can afford to have more caloric dense foods based on your activity level. But for most people, we want to have like 80%, 20%, 80% good, 20% cheeky, just so you can enjoy yourself. So we want to look at adding more good than taking out bad. The second one we can look at is 
not spacing out your food for more than three hours, four hours. What happens with most people, we have a really slow uh, self-control with food. So if we're without food for three, four hours, prolonged uh, periods of time, our brain is straight away going to go to uh, what's going to make us feel good, not necessarily what is actually going to be good and help us in uh, achieving whatever goals we have. And the last one, number three, that I would say that would work straight away is almost like cognitive behavioral therapy. When you're about to eat something, be aware and ask yourself, is this right now going to help me toward achieving my goals? Am I feeling peckish? Am I eating out of stress? Or am I eating because I'm actually genuinely hungry? Why am I doing this? Well, again, we forget the reasons why we might be eating. Our boss might have yelled at us at work. We might have had an argument with our partner. Uh, financial issues. There's just so many things that could cause us to go down a more negative route with eating. And lastly, a little caveat. There's no issues with eating chocolate bars or chocolates or processed foods every now and then as long as it's it, it doesn't take up uh, a decent portion of your diet so it's good to have chocolates every now and then some chips um, some takeaway uh, going out with your friends and eating as long as it's not taking up the majority of your diet then that's completely fine our second topic is not assigning your self-worth to your performance or how you look like or how you want to look like so this is when people base their whole self-worth on how they look like or what they do. So for someone on what they look like, it could be a bodybuilder or a model. Their whole self-worth and their whole identity is their appearance. They forget that first and foremost, they are a human. They have their wants, they have their needs, they have their interests. But because of placing such an importance on their physical appearance, once that starts to um, change and alter over time, uh, they begin to have this, again, negative relationship with themselves. Another example is the athlete, someone that completely assigns themselves to their role or to their sport, and then they have either almost a career-ending injury or a very serious injury. For example, uh, an, an athlete that might do their ACL and they might be out for six months to a year, that is where most... Uh, athletes begin to spiral mentally because they place such a large emphasis on being an athlete and forgetting fundamentally they are a human being first and an athlete second. Because the question is, what happens when that begins to fade? What happens when the looks begin to fade, which they will? And what happens when your career starts to dwindle and you start to get older, which you will? Uh, understanding that it's all part of the process uh, injuries are part of the process, uh, gaining weight, losing weight, your body fluctuates over the years. Uh, you see yourself every day, so you won't see the fluctuation, but people might notice. And you fluctuate during different periods of your life, happy times, uh, sad times, and everything in between. That's just the way it's going to be till you die. Creating a healthier relationship with yourself and your weight, and also what you can and can't do because there's going to be times where you're going to come into the gym and you're going to feel strong. And most of the time you'll feel happy about that. But there's going to be times where you come in and you can feel absolutely shit. And you're going to be sad about that. But understanding that that's just part and parcel. 
Not every day is going to be a PB. Not every session is going to be a, a going to be an absolute belter of a session. That's just not the way it is. There's an old Chinese phrase that stems from Zen Buddhism, and it's before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood carry water so just emphasizing the need for committing to and thriving during the process in any pursuit so regardless of how good it is and how bad it is or whatever just chop wood carry water keep chopping wood just keep chopping wood whilst having this mindset you have to also have a positive relationship with yourself some people like to do positive self-talk um, some people like to do meditation. Meditations really help me in just clearing the, the negative thoughts and being kinder to myself because in your head, you're going to have a lot of different voices from positive to negative. And you want to filter out all the shit and all the negative and stick to the positive. Um, and then you're always going to have those voices and it's also part of your ego that's going to only assign themselves and their self-worth to a specific type of you it might be a skinnier you it might be a stronger you it might be a faster you but don't forget that you are always going to be you regardless of where you are in that journey so be happy with who you are right now be your best friend and don't place such a large percentage of your self-worth on such arbitrary goals like what you could look like what you should look like and whether or not your performance is good or bad because once you reach those goals, you're always, again, almost like the nutrition, you're going to be moving those goalposts and it's always going to keep changing. So if you're not happy now, it's like that thing when you, I'm going to be happy once I reach, reach this certain goal, you get to that goal and the happiness dwindles, it's gone and then you have to have another goal and it's just the endless pursuit. It's the hedonic treadmill, as they say, you're going to go around in circles and you're genuinely never going to be happy and you're never going to be happy within yourself. So one thing you can do today, straight away, take home, is talk to yourself in a nicer way. Be kind to yourself. Tell yourself you are good enough and you are worthy. You are strong. You are smart. You are a kind person. It's difficult to tell yourself this because you're not used to doing it, but continue in the pursuit of being nice to yourself every day and over time it will just become a seed that you've planted and you've watered over time and it's just natural well that's it for today we're going to wrap it up there hopefully you've gained some tips that you can use today to help you out with uh, maybe your self-esteem or how you feel about yourself or even just with food and just continue to chop wood and carry water thank you i'll see you next time and have a lovely day or night whatever it is goodbye